Welcome to Radio Rehab's Daily Storyteller Series, where I have a guest co-host in with me for the entire week, and we talk all things recovery. This week, my guest co-host is David S. He's been on the show before. You might recognize him from the Ethics and Recovery segment we did a while back. Today, because it's Monday, you get to know my guest co-host. So we're going to get to know David, and if you would like to email us, it's radiorehab at gotoproductions.com. If you would like to call us, it's 415-496-9511 on Facebook. Instagram and Twitter. It's at Radio Rehab Dana. And you can also check us out on Radio.Rehab and read my blogs. Let's meet David. Welcome to Radio Rehab. Here's your host, Dana Keys. I am joined in studio with producer Shar and my guest co-host for the week, David S. David, welcome to Radio Rehab. Thank you, Dana. Glad to be here. We've talked before. You've been on a previous episode of Radio Rehab where we talked about ethics and recovery. And let's just talk about, first of all, how long have you been sober? Almost 18 years. 9699. Oh, my God. That's a really big number. Well, Well, to me, that's like. That's really awesome. It, well, it's awesome, but I, yeah, I don't get too caught up in the in the years. It's about the days, right? Isn't that what we're supposed, we're supposed to talk? It is. I agree. I know. I agree. I, I feel like somebody just had thirty years, and they they put up um, on Facebook how many days they had, and I thought that was so cool. Because mm-hmm. yeah, it, I mean, I still count the days. I mean, but then again, at twenty months, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not that. Hard. But yeah, no, I totally get that. It's and, and I think in New York they count days for their first year. They say how many days they have. Yeah, I think they. I think they should. I was at a at a meeting where um, it was a nicotine anonymous meeting of all places. I, Those I, exist. They, well, they I exist see that in my future. Quit smoking. I well, and I can point you in that direction. But they do a countdown: number of days, number of months, number of years. That's how they identify. Oh wow! Yeah, every meeting. That's amazing. Yeah, no, you'll have to point me in that direction. At some point, I'm not, nicotine and caffeine are my last, and I don't abuse either one of them, really, but it's like, those are my last two things that I can't get rid of. Caffeine, I'll get rid of before I'll get rid of nicotine. Yeah, well, so, tremendous amount of freedom in in getting rid of nicotine, but, man, caffeine, I just, I I think that you need to pace yourself. Let's not jump into giving up too much too soon. Yeah, it's funny. I don't smoke cigarettes, but it's like, now that they invented... You, now that you could inhale nicotine via vape that tastes like Swedish fish or gummy bears or cotton candy, it's so, and I'm a candy person too, sugar, oh, sugar is my other thing. So I lied. I have three things. It's sugar, caffeine, and nicotine. I can't tell you. So Swedish fish. Yeah. I, I, can hardly say the, I can hardly say the phrase, Swedish fish. I can't imagine inhaling something that tastes like that. You've, or, have you ever had Swedish fish? The red? I have. But, you don't but think I chew them. I don't in. Okay, well, imagine them, except in, by accident. Imagine just inhaling air that tastes like Swedish fish I, and I'm getting a little to. nicotine in there. And with God, the nicotine bonus, I, know, I, I know. like a little Swedish fish with nicotine back. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if they made if they put chewable nicotine in the Swedish fish, I would do that too. I did the nicotine gum on because I was on a plane for a really long time. And I, I start to go insane, so I did the nicotine gum, and I don't see how that's going to ever help me get off nicotine. So I just had an idea. You ready? You sitting down? Yes. Yeah, sitting down. So I am. Okay. We need to come up with a line of nicotine edibles, right? They got... Re- oh, my God. Right? We just nicotine, blew it, Nicotine... Oh, my God. We just ruined it by saying so I was it. At, so I was at Red Rocks last year to see a band. Quick, mail yourself this idea so that it comes back, and then it's no, patented. No, I'm, I'm, t- I'm, totally, I'm totally with it. We're going okay. to figure this out. 
Red Rocks. And, and Red Rocks, there was a lady there who was a very prim and proper lady who, because she was in Colorado, she did as Coloradans, if that's a word, did. It can be. It is now. Yes. And she, I don't know if she ate gummy bears or marijuana jelly beans or whatever it was, but she was really pleased with herself and very excited that they had that thing. They went into a pot shop and she got hooked up with the gummy bears. So if you can do it for weed, right? You yeah, then you should be able, nicotine. they should be nicotine olive oil because there's weed olive oil. Or THC olive oil or whatever. Yes, because the, to see the edible thing, like before I was sober, I had I got my car just because I mean pot was not my drug really. I didn't even consider it a drug. I just didn't whatever so you, got your you know. Car. I was like, but I had a boyfriend who smoked weed like normal person, like whatever they do. So and he was from New York, so I got myself a card so I could go in there and get all this stuff, and then maybe he would you know look the other way with my illicit drugs that I actually did. <laughs> It worked in the beginning. But so one night we were going to go to a concert, and this is the kind of guy who would get up and smoke a joint in the morning and go talk to people. I'm the kind of person, like, if I smoked weed, there better be a bed and some Cheez-Its. You know, because I, and no people, like right. maybe some cats, but I'm not trying to talk. But so, so we're going out. So he's like, well, let's just split it. It was one cookie, and we split it, and we didn't leave. Oh my God, two days. It wouldn't stop. It, it was, it was terrible. I don't know. He might have liked it because he smoked weed, but. I wanted to die. There, there was nothing I could do. And believe me, I tried things <laughs> to make it to come back to life, and I couldn't. Those edibles are serious business. Well, I, They're way too potent, I, said the drug addict. Said the drug addict, right? <laughs> well, so I, I would... I've never had edibles because I tried making pot brownies, but that never worked, and it seemed like it took a lot of weed. And I just I I know right that was Remember an inefficient that? delivery system. It you know it didn't seem. But I, to roll back for just a minute, what I'm really stuck on is the one cookie thing. Like who eats one cookie? I don't understand. Exactly. Don't understand. If because if it was in a box, if it wasn't just we bought one cookie in a plastic wrapper, I would have eaten the box because that's how I that's how I get down with cookies. Right. I don't just eat a cookie. Right. Like come on. Unless it's a really bad cookie, then I might do it. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, sugar and putting drugs in it is very dangerous. So, but, yeah, if you're at a place like Red Rocks or where was it? Uh, what's the music festival in Quincy that I can't think of? High Sierra. I, if you're at High Sierra, I mean, you can't you can't eat food there if you're sober. Because uh, I know a guy who's in a band who thought he was eating chocolate. <laughs> and he, this guy, amazingly, is in a band who plays at High Sierra, a jam band, and he doesn't do drugs. Crazy. Uh, it was a mushroom chocolate. Oh, oh. my god! How, oh my how did god. that work out for him? It didn't work out well at all. Thank God he thank God he's not a sober addict because then I guess it probably that would have really been horrible. But he's just somebody who doesn't do drugs. And when you when you think you want to, you know, you're trying to just function in society or do your job and be normal, and you're accidentally like on LSD or mushrooms. That's just that's crazy. I, I would lose my mind. I'd be so freaked yeah, out. Yeah, being totally unwillingly I would need dosed. my sponsor to come sit with me, which would be even weirder. You know what I mean? Like, here's this woman with, like, <laughs> you know, 29 years of sobriety talking me through a trip. So that's what I'm always very careful. But, you know, when you go to places like the South where I just was, you don't you don't have to worry about there being drugs in your food. But festivals in California, you got to ask. Because well, cookies sell. are so innocent. You can't trust these these people. <laughs> well, see, but I don't eat cookies, so I'm so I'm good. You don't. I don't eat cookies. What? I don't. I know. Sorry. That's more amazing than like 18 years. You just don't eat cookies. Why? Or chocolate. Or um, what else do I? Eat? I don't eat candy. So you? I mean, I. It's a good thing that we're sitting this far apart. I know, because right? I don't think we can get along. Oh my god! Know, no yeah. candy. No. As it turns out, what I, about pudding? No. What what kind of pudding? 
Delmonico pudding. I ask because I'm wearing it in the form of my bodysuit because someone made my grandmother, like, um, a tub of it for her birthday. She just turned 92. Made her a tub of it. Unfortunately, I was in the house. Well, not unfortunately because she only ate very little, and I got to make well, sure none 92. of it went to waste. I ate the tub. I ate the tub. The whole tub? I ate the tub. Like the candy linebacker that I am. You I need ate a, the you tub. need a t-shirt. You need a t-shirt that says, I ate the tub. Well, see, uh, around the holidays, around uh, New Year's, I ate a vat of banana pudding that had my name spelled out and graham cracker crumbs in it. I oh, asked you know, Grammy I saw for that. it. I saw that on oh, you Facebook. Know, yeah, Grammy, yeah. but Grammy will never make it for me again. She goes, I, I don't like the way you you just you ate that. It was very unladylike. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm going in, and everybody's like, nobody's daring you. Why are you doing this? Right. Do <laughs> you you, know? What like, do you do when you eat a vat? Do you put like a snorkel and a mask and flippers, or how do you go? No, about I mean, a vat? and it wasn't even hard. It, every time I left the room, I think banana pudding has an addictive chemical in it that makes you crave it, and I keep I, I kept going back in the kitchen and eating more and more of it. It was terrifying. And I, because I'm getting older, I wore it for like six months. It used to be I'd go to the South, I'd eat my body weight and fried food, come back to the land of kale, and, I, you know, it, the pounds would fall off. Oh, not this time. No, I was exercising. I mean, yeah, my body was like, we're going to teach you a lesson because you're going to get the diabetes. The, the diabetes. The diabetes. Then, but then you ate a tub of pudding. But then so- I ate a tub of pudding because I have no control. Meanwhile, uh, you know, there's alcohol, there's all this other stuff, and I'm able to control myself because I work a program of recovery around that, I'm thinking, is the reason. It could be. I think that's why. Nice, nice segue. That's, yeah, that's that's my segue. I work a program of recovery, as do you. And But what are you doing? Can you talk about what you're doing for a living right now? I can talk about what I'm doing for a living. So, um my background, I've, I've, I've run programs, through programs. I come out of the, the recovery business, which was never really the exciting thing for me to do. I was really, so <laughs> I, I, I got clean and sober. I, I shook it out at home, which I don't advise to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh, a meeting and I've stayed sober since I once right today. Right. And, um, wow. I, I, I had, um, well, tell me That's it's cool. wow for me too. Um, and, and so I had this really strong opinion about treatment. And that it wasn't necessary. I mean, if a knucklehead like me can show up and do what I did, then every smart person in the world can can do that, too. Um, so I was I had double digit sobriety before I even got into the field. Never wanted to be a drug and alcohol counselor, but I was kind of the pathway in to, you know, conquer the treatment business like I, I thought I uh, I might have had some had some business ideas. And I had a long business background. So I came out of um, I came out of being a drug and alcohol counselor. And I really liked that. I really liked being a drug and alcohol counselor. And eventually my business. Uh, background came into play and, and I, I ran programs and, and all that kind of deal. And I left that, left my last program in September and I sort of cast it about for what I was going to do. Um, and I have some really strong passions, uh, reducing stigma or eliminating stigma and chemical dependency and mental health. Um, I, uh, have real strong passion around ethics, alternative treatment modalities, and that, that kind of stuff. And as I've been casting about, uh, doing a lot of consulting stuff, helping programs grow or starting new programs or, or whatever, I found that I could get all of these things together and work on these things kind of in concert with, with each other. So that's what that's what I'm doing now and, and got some exciting new stuff that I've decided to put together, too. Is that something you can talk about or is that something that's secret? What, like it, when I do a voiceover for a video game and I'm not allowed to tell uh, anybody or even be proud of it. Well, well, you can be proud of it. You just can't be proud of it out I can't, loud. Can't, you know I can't I mean? be proud of it. I know. It's like, uh, yeah. You go stand in it's front sad. of a mirror and go, a girl. It's really sad. I live with someone who plays video games, and I can't. 
like I just it's the saddest thing. Yeah, if you only it's knew. A, it's nice that I get to, you know, eat food and and um put gas in my car cuz it pays me money. It's just really sad that I can't even tell my mom. But hey, well, I but then you you got banana pudding and other pudding. I got too. banana pudding, and yeah, half the time I don't want someone to anyway be playing a video game and recognize me, going like, "Ow, punch!" You know what I mean? Like it's just, <laughs> I'm gonna get you. It's always these really weird lines that don't they're non sequiturs and they don't go together. It's not like reading a script. It's like, well, well that one hurt. Yeah, it's just so weird. Go into the studio, pow. Okay, well, thank you. <laughs> exactly. Good night. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, though, no, that really was something I had to do. Ugh, it, was, it was a lot of grunting, and maybe there was one that hurt. Wow. Yeah. Well, and well, well, that look, was if, fun. You, if that puts gas in your tank, then. If that yeah. puts gas in my tank. So exactly. I um. So I can't talk about some of the stuff that I'm right. that I'm that I'm doing. But one of the things. So when when we talked last time, we talked about ethics and. And the push to have some uniformity in the in the treatment field around ethics. And I was with an organization at the time, and it was a little bit slow moving. Um, and I ended up when I left my last uh, position as a as a treatment professional, I also had to step down from the board of directors of this organization uh, at the same time. And and so I kind of shelved the the idea. But you know, when we look at when we look at what's going on in the field ethically right now. Um, there's so much bad stuff, and it's getting worse. And there's even stuff that's come out in the last couple of days that, that maybe we can talk about too. But the need for for uniformity in terms of ethics in our profession has has never been greater. And and the idea is that um, you know, so ethics are ethics are those those rules that govern us externally. Mm-hmm. Uh, morals govern us internally um, as as programs in 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 the treatment profession. There's no uniform code of ethics. So what's happening is that. The people that run these programs are left to their moral compass. Well, most of the people Ooh. that work in recovery are in recovery themselves. And I don't know about you, but I do know about me. And I know that my moral compass didn't always point north when I was out there running amok. Uh, people come to recovery, uh, the, the field of recovery, professional recovery, um, and they bring themselves to that profession. And I think that most people start out well-intended, but... There's money to be made, so that's that's corrupting. There's um, the experience of having to run a facility and be responsible for lives and paychecks, and and so that pressure gets to people, and eventually they start doing um, some stuff that runs afoul of what would be considered to be ethics. So, um, I've put together a, a an organization in which I'm uh, as part of that organization, I'm putting together a consortium of treatment providers, and I've been out in the last several weeks um, talking to to providers. Um, about that and people are excited because it puts legs under the idea right we can talk about the problem but we know from our own experience that talking about the problem doesn't do anything about the solution so we need to get in the solution and the idea is that this is the is the first phase of a solution i love this idea i like i mean i like getting in the solution that's my favorite thing because that's i feel like is the reason i'm sober right now is learning to do that but you're doing it like on a much bigger level i'm wondering so for tomorrow when you're back on the show i'd like to talk more about ethics and recovery if that's okay because i think it's a really fascinating topic sounds terrific cool okay we will be back tomorrow with more of david s if you'd like to email us it's radio rehab at go to productions.com that's go-to productions.com you can call or text 415-496-9511 on facebook instagram and twitter it's at Radio Rehab, Dana, and you can also go to radio.rehab and read my blogs, which I promise to do more of. Sorry, I've been out of town. Okay, see you tomorrow. Keep coming back. 
and sex and drugs and rock and roll Is all my brain and body need Sex and drugs and rock and roll 